0: Just a quick heads up, The Holy Hive Show does contain adult language that may not be suitable for sensitive listeners and children. Welcome to The Holy Hive Show. I'm Jordan Delacruz here with Dan Lawler. Dan, what's up?
1: Oh, nothing much. Starting to get really close to that hoodie weather, which I uh, so love.
0: Yeah, me too. Except it's in that really annoying transition stage where it's like forty degrees when you wake up in the morning, and then it's like eighty degrees in mid afternoon. Yeah, and it's so, like
1: yeah. it's it's like the weather version of a mullet. Yeah, you know, it's a party <laughs> in the front, uh, business in the back, or is that no, the it's opposite? Reverse. Yeah,
0: B- business in the front, party in the
1: back. <laughs> well, that's how I feel about waking up when it's cold yeah. and then getting hot. The transition,
0: especially with the years kind of getting hotter and hotter, the transition between summer and fall is the, the mullet of weather. Truly. Uh, today on the show, we're going to look at the latest news from uh, last week, including a little bit of good news. Uh, we'll go over the uh, COVID-19 outlook for Utah this week, which is becoming more and more like checking the weather. You know? Yeah, that's it's, fair. It's like its own genre of media. Um, and then we're going to deep dive into a meta conversation about politics, not about specific issues, but about the difference between local and federal uh, politics, which... We think it's a relevant conversation given that tonight uh, there's going to be a debate between uh, the two vice president presidential candidates um, up at Kingsbury Hall at the University of Utah.
1: I believe it is tomorrow.
0: tomorrow well, I mean, that th- when this airs. No, I believe it's on Wednesday. Oh, is it on Wednesday? I think so. Oh, shoot. I thought it was on Tuesday. Okay, I could be wrong about that. It is on Wednesday. Who cares? No one's going to watch it. Who gives a shit? Yeah, who really cares? Um, and we're going to talk about that. That's <laughs> We're going to talk about why no one cares. Um, first, I want to give everyone an update on uh, things going on right now with Holy Hive. Uh, the website has been uh, taken down temporarily as we build out sections for upcoming video and written blog content. So as of late, we're operating entirely through uh, Instagram and Twitter, where we'll be publishing all of our content for a couple of weeks while we get the site buffed. So check us out on Instagram and Twitter now with matching handles. Yeah. At Holy Hive Utah.
1: We're not the mullet of, of, of handles. Yeah. <laughs> our, our handles are uniform. And consistent, like a bowl cut. That's
0: right. So you can follow us on Instagram and Twitter, at Holy Hive Utah. Um, so let's uh, check out what's going on in uh, the uh, world of COVID-19, Dan. Yeah. Counting from when things shut down, we're going into our eight, eighth month.
1: I guess so. Of the pandemic. You could tell me any number and I would believe it.
0: Right? <laughs> this is year three. Yeah. Yeah. Feels like it. And Utah has kind of become a central hub for rising numbers in our country. Um, so what's the out- what was the outlook over the past week?
1: Yeah, it's exactly where we want to be. Um, the, out- the outlook for the past week has been the outlook for the past few weeks, which is bleak. It's not great. I know uh, for a fact that Salt Lake County has a hospitalized individual between the ages of 10 and 19 years old which is no. not great, and that is in no. the ICU. Um, just speaking more specifically, Monday, October 5th, we had uh, 1,105 confirmed cases with a 20.9 positivity rate, which is our highest positivity rate since July, when half as many people were being tested. Mm-hmm. So that is not great. No. Uh, according to a tweet from Robert Gerke, all 10 of our worst COVID days have come since September 16th, which is not that long ago. Yeah. There have been 499 hospitalizations reported during the past two weeks. Uh, the most of any two-week period since the pandemic began, again, not great. Um, we are still seeing this trend Mm-mm. in Utah County, where and that is where the uh, highest rates are, are, are going up. And uh, also, South Salt Lake County is not doing great either. Draper actually has the worst uh, percentages oh, really? of any city in Utah. The state of Utah. So, Utah County takes the lion's share county wise, yeah. but Draper
0: has the highest number of cases.
1: Yeah. Wow. Interesting. On a grander scale, that this past week felt like the most chaotic COVID week we've had since the NBA shut down and Tom Hanks was stuck in uh, Australia. Oh yeah. Um, <laughs> you know. You know. We've got the NFL's kind of blowing up with COVID cases. Obviously, uh-huh. Trump and the GOP are blowing up with cases. Mm-hmm. Uh, locally, Governor Herbert's under a bit of fire for being maskless at a private outdoor party where over 100 people attended, including former Chicago Bear Hall of Famer Iron Mike Tyson. No, that's not true. (laughs) I was like, wait, what? (laughs) It's uh, Mike Singletary. (laughs) Wait, but is he still, does he have the nickname Iron Mike? No, I don't believe so. I think it's (laughs) Samurai Mike. Uh Oh, okay. Either way, uh, I don't know why he was there at all. But anyway, uh, he's asking and expecting Utahns to wear wear masks and comply and, you know, protect your neighbor and all of that. And it does seem as if he could do that himself. And the photos are pretty damning. And his camp has come out and said they don't paint the whole, you know, they don't paint the whole picture. But it paints part of the picture. You know, that picture is not great. Yeah. Um, and as we'll discuss in our news, you know, the big one is uh, Mike Lee potentially uh spreading some covid so
0: yeah let's uh we're gonna talk about that so let's go right into news and uh i have a, I have a, a a new thing to add to news which is a, a drop a drop theme it. song if you will drop it you ready mm-hmm explosion tornado
2: human remains pro pro, 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 pro. So right. earthquake.
3: explosion tornado
2: human remains pro pro, pro, pro. So right. earthquake. Nothing bad ever happens in utah
0: that's beautiful. You like it? That is beautiful. <laughs> yeah, I think... Uh, I Welcome think we, to the big leagues. Yeah, we're in the big leagues now. We have production. That's um, right. We don't take it very seriously, and I made that in Band in like t- an hour. <laughs> but <laughs> you know what? I'm going to say I made that in 15 minutes because it doesn't, doesn't sound like an hour of work. Uh, we'll have to get that put into the board, though. So the first story, yes, in in the news today is this uh, story surrounding uh, Mike Lee and his uh, COVID diagnosis. Um, Utah Senator Michael Shumway Lee, who, you know what? I decided on this show I'm going to start calling politicians by their full names. That's a good idea. Because in my book, every politician is in trouble right yeah, now. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So we got to give them the
1: mom treatment. Yeah, exactly.
0: So Utah Senator Michael Shumway Lee uh, has tested positive for COVID-19. He announced his diagnosis Friday morning on Twitter saying that he thought he had allergies but decided to get tested out of caution This follows a recent string of COVID-19 infections running through groups of GOP politicians, which include President Donald John Trump. Um, So, yeah. Uh, Mike Lee has COVID. President Trump has COVID. A bunch of other GOP members have COVID. Yeah. And the kind of reaction that I, like, saw over the past week. In fact, I'm... (laughs) this this is bad to say and this is what we're going to talk about but i was kind of glad that we had this other thing to talk about besides the debate uh-huh because i was just like so sick of hearing i was sick of the debate like 15 minutes into watching it
1: i was sick of the debate 2 minutes into watching it and i stopped watching it yeah
0: <laughs> it was it was horrible but um so this this string of um infections that's kind of running through this group of republican politicians um it's like the, the the reactions kind of have varied between sympathy and like celebration yeah and i think in turn it's kind of spurred criticism from everyone on on the political spectrum so from this uh from all these news stories this week the really interesting question to me is not like how did this happen or how's it going to affect everything that's going on with the election but it's like is there is there any morality in celebrating the infection of someone that you don't agree with and
1: you know like is it morally questionable yeah I mean, I think it kind of is a bit morally questionable. I can understand why people are doing it, especially if you belong to a community that's kind of been harmed by these individuals, For but sure. anyone who gets COVID is a bad that's bad news, I think, because yeah. that's not if we've learned anything from this specific virus is it doesn't stop with that person. Mike Lee very well could be you know, he could spread it through a chain reaction to someone he's never met or been in a room with. Yeah. And so, like, celebrating his, you know, his sickness is, in a way, kind of celebrating the people that he may get sick. That's a good point.
0: And I I don't think any... I actually don't think anyone had made that point on, like, the the reactions that I was seeing online. I think that's a really good point because, I mean, the first thing that happened when the president got his diagnosis was, did Joe Biden get it from him, you know, during the debate? And people that are kind of on, on the left side of the spectrum cheering for people on the right getting COVID. It's like, yeah, I could spread throughout the entire government and this yeah. whole thing is, you know, shot. Um, I do kind of see the, uh, what would you call it? Like the entertainment value mm-hmm. of, uh, of, of the irony between people who don't take this seriously. It's a bit of karma. Yeah. It's a little bit of karma and th- there, there is entertainment value in that kind of irony. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I think, um, yeah, someone kind of criticizing people wearing masks or criticizing the way that people are handling the the spread of these infections and then having it backfire on them.
1: He made fun of Joe Biden's mask in that debate. Yeah. And then 48 hours later was positive. Yeah. So, I mean, that's, you know, that is kind of, you know, the Darwin Award or whatever it is.
0: Yeah. And I think it's just politics. Um, I think if there was someone on the other side of the political spectrum, like Joe Biden, or even like on a local level, like Mayor Mendenhall, who Mm -hmm. got COVID, there would, the, the, the sides would flip flop, you know, yeah, people on the right would probably be, you know, criticizing them and kind of celebrating it. And then people on the left would be like how dare you this is inhumane
1: it is it is rich yeah. for <laughs> donald trump i mean people who support donald trump to be like you guys better be nicer to him about this when like yeah. <laughs> i don't know man if yeah. donald trump if if the roles were reversed donald trump would have fired off at least 46 tweets about joe biden's uh, illness yeah so and i think we can we could sit here and define what is moral or immoral about
0: that type of celebration mm-hmm. but i I think at the end of the day, it just depends on the situation. Like, if the roles were flip-flopped, it would look different. Yeah. And at the end of the day, everyone's still a shitty, imperfect human. Yeah. One and, thing that yeah.
1: you mentioned in your uh, in the lead-up to this was the out-of-abundance of caution. I've seen that phrase thrown around by so yeah. many people in the past week, uh-huh. and I find it so ironic or, or funny uh, because... You so Mike Lee's like, Oh, I thought I had allergies, but out of an abundance of caution, yeah, I went yeah. and got a COVID <laughs> test. Donald Trump, out of an abundance of caution, went to the hospital. Chris Christie, the same. They literally like, use the same phrasing, all the same like- out of an abundance of caution. Oh and it's so funny because you watch this the video or the see the photos of the event where the people speculate this came from, which is the, uh, the Rose Garden Supreme Court nomination announcement uh-huh, event. Yeah, no one's acting in an abundance of caution there uh mike lee's mm-hmm. literally double fisting hugs he's hugging two people at once you're not supposed to hug one person right now man <laughs> and he's double fisting without a mask i know yeah so i mean i think that's funny but yeah. like the last thing i'll say about it is people you don't have to do anything on the internet you know mm-hmm. whether you cheer for or celebrate or are sad or anything any emotion about donald trump or mike lee or any number of GOP or liberal senators getting COVID, Uh you don't have to post it. Yeah. Quit telling on yourself. Yeah. You know, like future employers have access to your social media. So
0: that's, that's between you and God. Yeah, (laughs) exactly. Yeah. I think we should just all try at least in public, at least in front of the public facing eye, we should just try to our hardest to be nicer and more empathetic than we were the day before.
1: Yeah. Just count to 10. Yeah.
0: Um, Or, yeah, just throw it in the drafts and then maybe sleep on it. So starting yesterday, the Utah Department of Alcohol Beverage Control now requires every customer to present their ID when shopping at state liquor stores, regardless of age or appearance. This decision became official after the DABC tested the policy on a handful of stores and got some feedback from customers. Originally, ID requests were left up to the discretion of the cashier, as long as the customer appeared to be over the age of 35. Now, all IDs will be scanned to validate age, and you can use four different forms of ID to purchase alcohol. Pop quiz, Dan. Do you know the four forms
1: of ID you can purchase alcohol with? Ooh. um, Well, driver's license, state issue ID. Those are two. Um, I'm going to go ahead and guess passport. Uh Uh-huh. I'm not going to know the fourth one. Um. I, you Face, should, you should know this one. Facebook birthday. No. Oh, military Yeah, ID. there you go. All right.
0: So those are the, those, those four. Nice. You gave it away. I know. I'm going to start throwing more of these impromptu pop quizzes your way right. <laughs> um, that I'm not going to put in the show prep. We need to get like a, <laughs> uh, a, dinger bell. Pop or, quiz. Yeah. <laughs> or a, a buzzer. <laughs> um, so yeah, you gotta, everyone's getting their ID checked now. Yeah. Um, so, uh, I actually think this is this is probably better because now there's no question whether you should have your ID or not, yeah. and I, I, I haven't really witnessed, like, that being a huge problem, but I probably, probably for, like, cashiers, it probably is annoying when someone's like, I look old enough, it's fine, but yeah. then they want their ID, and it's like, Ugh. you know, but um, I do want to know, do you think there's, like, maybe a more efficient way to run liquor stores so that it's, like, we're running through the lines faster and doing the ID scans quicker?
1: I, No. Nah. <laughs> no. No. Uh, I think that if self checkout has taught me anything, both on a personal level and just on an observational level of watching other people, it's that when you're left to your own devices, sometimes you fuck things up. Even more and, so yeah. than the professional. And <laughs> yeah. uh, ironically. So, like, I think that this is totally fine. I'm with you that like it's never really bothered me to have to pull out my ID and maybe that's because I'm from Utah. Yeah, I know that. Yeah, you're so used to it. Yeah, I've been I've I remember specifically one time in California. Um I was drinking in San Diego and I like went to show him my ID and he's like, "Oh, you don't need to show. Oh, you're from Utah? That's why you're showing me, right?" Yeah. And it's like, "Okay, that's fine, man." Weird. I wonder so I wonder if that's like kind of a thing in other states where
0: it's probably a little more lax. Yeah. Like you you can buy I'll call it Target. Yeah, other, exactly. Other places. So if they, most people run under that kind of discretion of like, kind of use your best judgment. Mm-hmm. And um, and if it's like a reputation for Utahns to always automatically pull out their IDs. Yeah. Like, that's funny. I've never really thought about that, but I do it. Like anywhere yeah. I go, I always pull out my ID. I just ID. pull
1: it out. It's so much easier than like, I don't know. It just doesn't seem like a big deal to me. I've, no. I I really genuinely get so annoyed with people when they're just like, seriously. You need yeah. to see my ID. Yeah. It's like that fuck off that person yeah. that person is who knows maybe they they've been hit by a sting before or one of those you know compliance mm-hmm. checks like yeah. they stand to get a pretty huge fine and that's a personal fine you know I think. Yeah. And they also could just lose their job and like for what, sure based on uh does this person look 35 or not that's such a subjective thing. Mm-hmm. I'd rather just do away with the guesswork and ID everybody. It's not a big deal. Yeah.
0: And I live with someone who was uh, in the food service industry for a long time. Yeah. And just hearing her experiences, it's like, it was like, no matter what, I'm always checking. Yeah. Because there were so many of those people. I don't know if they do this at the DABC, but people would like run those kind of stings. Yeah. They would would try to see if someone would check. And I don't know if the person would get fined. Maybe it was like an automatic termination, but like, I know the restaurant would get fined. Mm -hmm. Um, So yeah, definitely. And I think like... The people complaining about this or the type of people that would complain about this, you know, uh, they're like, oh, it's an inconvenience to me. But as someone who loves con- convenience, like you yeah. will pay extra money for just convenience, you know, I actually like them identifying that no matter what, this is what's going to happen because then your expectations are set yeah, and I can prepare.
1: That's fair. And I just don't know, like, th- that's a true participation trophy, like, lazy person if they're like – this is an inconvenience to pull my identification out to like show that I'm 21. Yeah. <laughs> That's not a difficult <laughs> thing <not>. to do. <laughs> no,
0: no. Um, yeah, and I, I like I guess I'm always looking for a way, wh- well, especially with something like the DABC and liquor stores, which already just by nature run kind of in, like they're kind of inconvenient. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm always like looking for that extra edge where I'm like, could we have like self-scanners with our IDs where we just like boop,
1: well, yeah, and, and that's, our stuff, you know? I think that that's maybe, maybe that's something along the line where like you have to register to buy alcohol in the state of Utah at our liquor yeah, store. that would be interesting. Where okay. you just, and then they just send you like a little like key fob and you just scan it when you walk in. Yeah, no it pulls up your picture period. and your and yeah. your birthday, and that's it. And that's I mean, I don't know. It just doesn't seem that I hard know. to yeah, pull the yeah, idea. Maybe, up.
0: maybe maybe the like the real big jump is just saying, "Hey, we're checking everyone. Yeah, everyone's ideas. They so we've innovated to the bleeding edge now. When we're done, exactly. <laughs> um, all right. Well, let's uh, move on to our next story. Let's do some good news can't lose. Good news can't lose. So in an effort to promote more green space downtown, the Salt Palace has installed a series of beehives in their Japanese garden, which sits just off the corner of 3rd West and 1st South downtown. They see the bees as both a symbol for the state and a reminder of the need for more green space integration in their industry. The honey will be distributed among employees and caterers at the Salt Palace. Well, that's nice. That is
1: nice.
2: Yeah.
0: I, uh, I actually think this is a really dope idea.
1: I love it. I love it too. Yeah. You like bees? I love I like honeybees. Yeah. Uh, I think they're incredibly cute.
0: And the, the non-aggressive type of bee.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That's the kind that I would let land on me and I wouldn't be like super scared because if it stings me, it's getting worse than I am. You know, mm. that thing's dying.
0: Yeah. 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 That's like a last resort for honeybees. Yeah. where like wasps will just come up and like bite you.
1: I think we should get some beehives for for the podcast studio here. I mean, we are holy hive. That's a good point. We need to install
0: some beehives in here.
1: Do you think they're going to have to change uh, the name of the Salt Palace to the Wax Palace? Do they have more wax than salt now? It's a good point. Yeah.
0: I don't even know where the Salt Palace comes from. Is it just Salt Lake? I guess so. There's too
1: many mixed metaphors and mixed symbols.
3: Yeah.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Or they call it the Honey Palace. The Honey Palace. That sounds more like a strip club. It does. It
1: does.
0: (laughs) (laughs) That's not what you want. Um, Yeah, I'm really all for this type of stuff. I like the idea of thinking of, you know our future cities as like having a lot of nature integrated in them. Like there's already cities that do that, like Seattle and stuff. Mm -hmm. Like they have full lawns on top of their buildings and stuff like that. So I think, and I think it's something that Salt Lake really needs. Um, Like they could, they could really benefit from it. And like, I think Salt Lake's a good place to just do that. Just integrate a lot of green space back into our downtown area. Especially with how much developing we're doing down here.
1: I'm down to make Salt Lake as, you know, interesting as possible. And this just seems like something that's interesting to do, you know?
0: Yeah. Good efforts by the Salt Palace. Um, our second uh, good news can't lose story.
1: Starts off as bad news.
0: Starts off as bad news, but it has a happy ending. So uh, <laughs> Hunter Olson, a ninth grader at West Jordan Middle School, saved the uh, life of his classmate Jackson after Jackson began choking on a piece of chicken. School, sc- school security footage uh, uploaded to the web shows Jackson trying to cough out the food in a trash can before signaling to his friends that he was choking. Hunter jumped into action and performed the Heimlich maneuver, dislodging the chicken from Jackson's airway. After Jackson was able to breathe, Hunter threw up his hands victoriously. Hell yeah, Hunter. <laughs> right? that's If anything
1: deserves a fist pump, it's yeah. saving someone's life. Absolutely.
0: Okay, pop quiz. All right. <laughs> What's the universal sign for
1: choking? Uh, this? Yes. Cho- like putting two hands on your throat yep. for the listeners out there? Yep. For
0: yeah, if okay. you're on YouTube you can see us doing it. But yeah, two hands on the throat. That's the universal sign for choking. And uh pop quiz part two. How do you I, perform the Heimlich maneuver?
1: I believe that you want to you wanna interlock your fingers mm-hmm. at towards the front of their body underneath the sternum. Okay. And pull in and up. Yeah. Is yeah, that that's right? That's the gist of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh yeah.
0: Some like some some I, I looked into this a little bit because I was a like Goddamn damn genius. Yeah,
1: you're pretty good. Um I
0: could I, I I was like I need to brush up on my Heimlich maneuver uh education. So the uh they say if you're if you're confused about where to put the uh, hand, mm-hmm. you start with the pinky on the belly button, make a fist and then roll up a half turn. All and right. And then you're in the area. Um yeah, and then you push in and up. Uh they say also to start with like a, pat, a back pat. Yeah. And try to, like they say, give them five good whacks on the back. And if that's not working, then you go to the Heimlich Maneuver. All um, right. Because apparently it could, like, damage your sternum. But it's kind of worth it if you're going to choke. Yeah, it, you know? I
1: mean, broken eggs, omelets, and stuff. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you got you to gotta break a yeah. couple eggs to save, save a human life. <laughs>
0: Amen. <laughs> um, this is actually, like, uh, one of my biggest fears. It's, it's choking. Like choking to death. Like, it always freaks me out. Um, and actually whenever I see videos like this, cause there's a few videos of like security footage of like people getting the Heimlich maneuver when they're choking yeah. and there's always that like flash of panic mm-hmm. and, yeah. and seeing that on display freaks me out. Like it makes me yeah. like, get sweaty and stuff. Uh, and so yeah, choking is just something that freaks me out. Um, but I guess the only way we can prevent it is just by knowing the Heimlich maneuver.
1: yeah, I when I was in I was I don't know, I was in junior high at some point, but you know, like the little plastic clear plastic thing on the inside of uh, soda bottle caps. like the seal? Yeah, you can like take off the yeah, plastic yeah. from underneath. I used to like chew on those. yeah me too. <laughs> and one time I like breathed it back into my throat and it just got like perfectly stuck and <sighs> I like couldn't breathe. And my mom had to do the Heimlich on me, so uh, shout out to my mom. For uh, saving my life, you know, just like just a few yeah. quick
0: thrusts and it came out. Yeah, nice. and
1: shout out to Heimlich maneuvers, man. I feel like CPR gets all the the emergency credit when it comes yeah. to like the public consciousness, and the Heimlich maneuvers like saved mm. for comedies where someone's choking on a meatball. I know, and, right? <laughs> and it's it's about time that the Heimlich gets some respect.
0: Yeah, respect the Heimlich maneuver. Also, you can do this. You can do the Heimlich maneuver on yourself if you're alone. That's and good to know.
1: I just run as fast as I can and jam my belly into a countertop.
0: Yeah, yeah. Or they say to lean over a chair, the back of a chair, and you just kind of mm. kind of thrust into your sternum with it and you try to cough while you're doing it. There you go. Um so yeah, it's always a good thing to know. And uh also I've heard stories of like people choking at parties mm-hmm. and not wanting to make a scene because of like social pressure. Yeah. Social pressure is a bitch. It is. <laughs> and uh so they'll choke to death in like a bathroom or something wow. like that don't do that guys just Let people know chew your food yeah yeah see it as an opportunity to make someone a hero <laughs> you know? this is the real jackson my
1: buddy yeah. this is a learning moment for you all right chew the chicken sandwich <laughs> i know it's probably way good i love chicken sandwiches too yeah it's not a race So this
0: isn't a news story, but I just wanted to bring it up because it was kind of making the rounds on Twitter and I thought it was really funny. Yeah, Um, it is. um, So this is a a video clip that comes from, I believe it's a general conference from 2007. I don't know that for sure. Yeah. It's it's old? It's old. Oh, okay. It's not up to date. So I I, I think we should clarify that out of the gate because general conference was this last weekend.
1: I would have just, I just completely thought it was from this weekend. Yeah. And I think that's, that's one of the problems with the internet is something gets,
0: it if if this had been any other week, then maybe pe- people wouldn't have thought it was from this year. Yeah, but it's a general conference weekend, so or it was this last weekend, so people probably thought you know this this came straight out of general conference. No, this this is from like 2007. But roll um, that shit. Let's let's take a listen. She
2: was the daughter of faithful pioneer parents who had sacrificed much for the gospel. She had been married in the temple and was the mother of ten children. She was a talented woman who taught her children how to pray, to work hard, and to love each other. She paid her tithing, and the family rode to a church together on Sunday in their wagon. Though she knew it was contrary to the word of wisdom, she developed the habit of drinking coffee and kept a coffee pot on the back of her stove. She claimed that the Lord will not keep me out of heaven for a little cup of coffee. But because of that little cup of coffee, she could not qualify for a temple recommend. And neither could those of her children who drank coffee with her.
0: Try not to laugh at this.
2: (laughs) She lived to a good old age, and she did eventually qualify to re enter and serve in the temple.
1: Okay. <laughs> Wait. So, like, she tells this so this <clears throat> so sad story that like really chokes her up, and then she's like, "But in the end, she got into the temple." Yeah, 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 yeah. It might amazing. be. It
0: might be. I don't know. I'm not sure who this is. Um, uh, yeah. Um, or or what her pos- position in the organization of the church is, but uh, yeah, it might. It seems a little a little bit like performance. Yeah. And I think uh there, Maybe was this kind of turning point for the organization around like 2010, like as we got to the 2010s, where they were like, "We're not going to push that stuff as much." Yes, you know, and um, I think I don't. So I did a little lurking. Okay. On uh ld the LDS subreddit, which, if you want like an insight into the mind of Mormons, yeah, especially like the kind of uh Gen Z happening. Modern, yeah, millennial Mormons. Uh, go to go to the go to just that subreddit and just lurk in the comments and see mm-hmm. what they're talking about. It's really interesting. Um, I don't think like millennial Mormons really take the word of wisdom. I mean, not not they don't they don't take it seriously. They probably like abide by it and you know practice those values. But I don't think they're like, oh, you're not you're not you're going to hell. Yeah, oh, you're not going to get into the temple if you drink coffee and stuff like that. Um, I don't know. Do you do you think they like? Do you, do you know of any? Mormons who are, like, going after big coffee right now? <laughs> I
1: don't think so. Not not off the top of my head, but if I'm being entirely honest, I don't know a ton of, you know, super hardline Mormons, I guess. Yeah, the Most yeah. of the, the LDS members that I associate with are either very light acquaintances through work yeah. or they are just kind of people around my age who really could not give a shit less about coffee.
0: Yeah, and... I th- yeah I think that's it but like pe- people are just a little more open-minded about it these days and so I think this clip kind of ages itself it's just kind of easy to believe because you hear that and you're like, oh of course of course the church would say that you the know? crying
1: reminds me so much of this one clip mm-hmm. which is like probably very sad but mm-hmm. it will always make me laugh from that uh, intervention show where mm-hmm. they're having like the confrontation at the end. And the son's like, I'll still love you. And it is like so funny. And for some reason, the crying just makes me think of that exact thing. Like I just couldn't get that out of my head. She claimed
2: that the Lord will not keep her out of heaven for a little cup of coffee. But because of that little cup of coffee, she could not qualify for a temple recommend. And neither could those of her children who drank coffee with her
1: so tragic yeah (laughs) yeah she got in
0: she got in i wonder she against all odds did she ditch the coffee or did she 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 probably
1: would have had to ditch the coffee or she was just dishonest about it
0: there you go i wonder i wonder what's what, what what's more uh um what's what's like worse if you if you lie about drinking coffee or if you just like drink coffee and you're honest about it
1: let's ask joseph smith
0: We'll ask him. We'll get back to everyone on that. Anyway, I just wanted to share that clip. I thought it was really funny, and it, it was not from today. So, credit where credits due. They're they're growing and evolving. Ironically, <laughs> um, all right. Let's go into our features thing. So last week, um, the thing that everyone everyone was talking about on the web was the uh, the presidential debate between Joseph Robinette Biden Jr. Wow. These are all surprising me. Right? (laughs) Joseph Robinette Biden Jr. and Donald John Trump. Unfortunately, the entire world uh, was talking about this display as well, which was maddening and nearly incomprehensible, according to most people, like on both sides. Yeah. Um, However, the thing that almost no one was talking about was the uh, Utah gubernatorial debate between Spencer James Cox and Christopher Lewis Peterson. So um, if you tuned into the debates, they happened back to back, like... They they had they were like on all the local channels. Well, the governor debate was on all the local channels, and then immediately following the governor debate, they went into the presidential they debate. Just went
1: right into it. Yeah, and talk uh, about a juxtaposition.
0: A, a huge juxtap- a juxtaposition. One was one debate was easily understood, concise, well conducted, and the other debate represented the figurative burning of the metaphorical porta potty that is this country's federal government. Yeah. <laughs> so what I want to do is not talk about any issue or who won what or anything like that. I don't think that's a very productive conversation. I just want to compare local politics with federal politics, especially since we're going to see a national display of politics tonight or tomorrow. Did you do I ever find out when that debate is? It is on Wednesday. It's night. on Wednesday. So tomorrow, uh, yeah, we're going to see a national display of politics at Kingsbury hall up at the university of Utah. Um, and I know that like local politics almost never reach like the pop culture stratosphere. So people rarely take them seriously. But after last week's debate, the US government feels like completely hopeless. Yeah. You know? <laughs> um, do you think there's maybe just a shred of hope in local politics and are people like willing to engage with it?
1: I think people are definitely more willing to engage on a local level, just because that's where the day-to-day actual like the stuff that actually impacts you day to day gets done yeah you know what i mean it's like the, obviously, the first line yeah obviously that stuff does happen at the federal level as well but yeah you're not gonna you know on the on the on a local is where you're gonna get your your mask mandates it's where you're gonna get your medical marijuana on the ballot and all mm-hmm. of that sort of stuff whereas the federal stuff is more you know how are we going to address greenhouse gases as a country how are we going to address you know a trickle down tax economy and and healthcare and all of these much bigger brain all hands on deck approach you know what yeah. i mean um, whereas i do think the the community politics are much more easy to engage in
0: mm-hmm. yeah and I, th- I like i've always thought that like big change like things that really drive change in this country stem from something that happens on the state level and if states can't figure it out, then that's where the feds come in, you know? Yeah. If, if states can't rule on something, then it goes to the Supreme Court, you know? And – but it always – like, for the most part, things start with the state. Like, Colorado got this whole country smoking weed. Yeah. And still, to this day, it's a Schedule One narcotic mm-hmm. on the federal level. So what are we all doing, you know? Um, it's just easier to test new ideas with a smaller group. And there's already states in this country that have um, – implemented ranked choice voting mm-hmm. which i like personally i, think I is love like, ranked uh, choice yeah. voting yeah. So i think is an incredible idea and i think will really help smooth out this kind of two-party whiplash back and forth that keeps happening yes um and, and actually give put more give more value to people's voice uh, when it comes to voting and that stuff is happening on a state level and we'll, we'll probably never see that happen in at a presidential election
1: it's because of the power in a federal on the federal level is too mm-hmm. is too great to give up you know there are so many issues with local and federal government in general but like they're just exacerbated on on the federal level because it's just like times a million you yeah. know what I mean so I do think that like you're gonna have the same because I think one thing that is true about community politics that isn't true about federal politics is there's a more uh, tame, attitude towards the two of them it's not as heated yeah um and obviously that again is case by case you bring in you know um police reform and covid obviously has been incredibly divisive in utah but for the most Mm -hmm. part we're all just trying to live in a community together yeah and so of course we're we're a little more willing to work together to get there
0: yeah and that's the that's just the thing. Like, I think if you have to face your neighbor to solve your problems, yeah, then you're uh, it's it's harder to generalize a group that they belong to or put a label to them because that's you know that's Greg. And, <laughs> yeah, that's Greg. And Greg may feel strongly about one issue, and that makes Greg vote for Trump. And maybe he thinks liberals are pretty annoying. But you know, Greg, that was that there was that one time when your your grandma fell and broke her hip, and Greg was the only one there to like take her to the hospital. And you know, Greg's a good dude. And so it's harder for you to just be like, you know, Fuck Gre- Greg. Greg's a racist because yeah. he voted for Trump. He's automatically a racist because he voted for Trump. Um, and I don't think we we can solve issues for other states, like things that are going on in Portland, things that are going on in Minnesota or Florida. We can't, it's like Utah can't solve those for them. And that's okay. And, and different places need different things. Like the way we govern Utah doesn't need to be the way that Florida governs themselves. Absolutely. You know, and, um, and that's fine too. And, but what we can do is like, we could lead by example. Like if you look at what happened in Colorado with like medical marijuana or, um, even here with like the, the Supreme court cases, um, for gay rights that happened in Salt Lake city is like, we can, Things that go on here we can bring to the national stage. Um, yeah, and that and I, I I truly think that local politics is where everything important starts. At least if it if it doesn't if things don't finalize here, it's it's where it begins. Yes, and um, but people just like don't seem to take it as seriously as uh, federal politics. And so, no, what do you think? Why do you think that is? Why don't why don't people?
1: Well, specifically in Utah, it's because we're pretty down the line, a uh, red state. Yeah. Uh, there isn't much of a real discussion going on there in terms yeah. of blue versus red or mm-hmm. or liberal and conservative because we're such a conservative state, Salt Lake City notwithstanding. Right. Um, and so I do think like you don't have to do the same politicking mm-hmm. that you do on a national level where you really have to like fire up your base and do all mm-hmm. of this really shitty problematic stuff. And you don't have to really do that in Utah. Like you probably have to do a bit of more of that in California and in these states with a bigger, more diverse population.
0: Yeah, for sure. And it like, especially if we brought in something like rank choice voting, it, those kind of hard political lines, like in Utah where everything kind of skews Republican, can can be washed out because if we've learned anything from this past presidential election, it's that there are people on both the right and the left who don't like Donald Trump. And there are both people on the left and right who don't like Joe Biden. Yeah. And if it wasn't this, you know, one party has to nominate their guy and, you know, maybe there, there would probably be a lot of Republicans who are like, you know, I'm not voting for Biden. I'm just like not voting for Biden. I don't want to vote for Trump maybe if there was a Democrat who was maybe a little bit more down the line, a little bit more centered, people on both sides could, you know, put them in their ranking. And then those political lines start to blur a little bit. And we, and, and, but that also another thing that, that does is it kind of forces you to pay attention to everyone. Yeah. Instead of just like, okay, well, I'm not going to vote until we figure out who they've all, each nominated. and it's just the lesser of the two evils. Um, but it's it's true. It's like, national politics has become this kind of like reality tv it's a, show it's a, it's yeah. a sport it's a sport i yeah.
1: see you know people driving down like parades of cars in ogden yesterday of just like trump flags as if it's yeah. like the fucking pittsburgh steelers i know yeah like
0: which by the way it, i like if you if you're a, Vi- a biden supporter or a trump supporter or whatever supporter if you put a flag of a political campaign on your car you're a dork you're a huge dork <laughs> you're a dork you're probably a nice person whatever i don't care you're but you're a dork big dork i (laughs) don't know if you are a nice person that's not not nice behavior that's dorky behavior it's it's, it's really dorky it's just like if someone was flying instigating like
1: like, that's like instigatory is that a word instigatory Instigatory sounds weird uh but that's the the type of behavior that (laughs) is you're looking for someone to be like fuck you and then you're looking to be like yeah yeah and you're gonna and
0: you know you've had (laughs) You've, you've had a million conversations in the shower with how you're going to react yeah, exactly. to something like that. You're ready for someone to call you out. Huge dorks. Yeah, huge dorks. Um, Yeah, and sometimes I think uh, local politics is trying to be national politics yeah. in, in, in the way that they kind of deploy their campaign tactics. Like, if you watch uh, local TV, which I know is not, like, probably hugely popular among our audience, like, watching – local television, yeah. (laughs) but if you watch local TV right now, like 70% of the ads running are like smear campaigns between candidates right now in our state. And it's just like, really, do we need that? Do we need the like... The the dark music and the the gloomy voiceover
1: and Bobby Newport's never had a real <laughs> job in his life,
0: <laughs> which is funny because like that that's you know honestly this is a kind of a weird tangent but that's kind of the genius behind Parks and Recreation yeah is it calls out the absurdity and both the absurdity and the importance of like local politics yeah. compared to like national politics I would say that maybe that where that that uh, the Parks and Rec falls flat is when it tries to admire federal politics too much mm-hmm. you know. Um, but it really is like that. Like, um, and I just, it's like, what are we doing guys? Like we, we know each other. We're all in the same state. Like, that's the thing about local politics is like, you're going to have a a, a greater chance of getting into contact with governor Herbert than you are with president Trump. If you have a problem with something, you can get into contact. You can, you can get a group of people together. You can get your neighbors together and you can, you can either peacefully protest or you can do a demonstration or you can you can uh, file a petition and there's things besides just voting that you can start doing and you'll actually see change you might not see someone completely flip on something but they might negotiate with you um, so yeah I think I think maybe politics as a whole is, is kind of screwed on the national level and um really the important thing to focus on is maybe what we could just do here which is um why i kind of wanted to look at the uh, gubernatorial debate side by side with the national debate so uh, i pulled up a couple clips here and um this is both debates talking about the same thing which is coronavirus which is the biggest issue going on right now
1: i have never heard of it <laughs>
0: ever heard of it um so Here, uh, let's see who's up first. I think this is uh, Spencer... Cox talking about coronavirus.
3: This is a question we get asked all the time, and let me be very clear: uh, the last three times that I've been asked this, I, I support where we are today. I support what Governor Herbert has chosen to do, leaving mask mandates to individual communities to uh, to, to make that decision. And let me tell you a couple things that I think are really important about this. Um, we have been pushing for masks. I, I have been pushing for masks for months. If you care about your neighbors, you should wear a mask. Everyone should wear a mask. If you have to have a law to mandate you to wear a mask, first of all, you're probably not going to do it anyway. And, uh, and it, it, it doesn't make that much of a difference. And let, let me share the data.
0: Okay, so there's one side. Yes. And now, we're gonna hear from Chris Peterson on the same exact subject. I think this was his re- rebuttal to that.
3: Okay, I, I called for a statewide mask mandate back in July. Uh, I would do it today because we've had skyrocketing infection rates. We are now the fourth worst uh, uh, state in the country in terms of per capita outbreaks and uh, infections. And, and that's, that's, that's according to the CDC's numbers, the best available science. We've got to do more to get this virus under control because it's critical for saving lives. And you know, look, I, I hate wearing masks. I don't like my mask. It you know, it gets foggy. It fogs up my glasses. I don't enjoy it either. But there are a lot of things that we do in a in a civilized society to take care of one another. We have mandates about stopping at traffic lights. We we're not allowed to drive 200 miles an hour down the freeway. If you show up to work, you probably have to wear your pants. You know, there are <laughs> is the Jordan
1: Delacruz argument. Yeah, that's my
0: argument. <laughs> so you got two points of view there.
1: Talking to each other.
0: They're talking to each other. Yeah. I, th- I think we got the gist of how, how, th-
1: how both of them feel about the subject. Yeah. And I think they both laid it out like pretty pragmatically. Yeah.
0: You know? And also I would say there was probably like, like 80% of the content in both of their, their points was agreeable with each other, Yeah, you know? Um. So the, this is the uh, presidential debate. Speaking on the same exact uh, issue.
3: But let me just tell you something. I don't care. I've gotten used to it. But I'll tell you, Joe, you could never have done the job that we did. You don't have it in your blood. You could have never done that job. I know how to do the job. I know how to get the job done. Well, you dying. didn't do very well in swine flu, H1N1, you were a disaster. Your own 14, chief staff said 000, you were a disaster. 14,000 people died, not 200,000. There was a no very, economic very, very, recession. Like, sir, you made a point. There there was, there was no recession. Disease, you made a point. Way. Let and him there, answer it. And there was no one, There's no. we didn't shut down the economy. This is his economy. he shut down. The reason it's shut down is because... Okay, (laughs) so,
1: yeah. Uh, I watched uh, Gerald's game instead. Yeah. Like, I willingly watched a woman rip her hand off Uh (laughs) instead of watch the the debate, and I I feel like I made a good choice.
0: I think you probably did. There's probably more substance in watching someone deglove their own hand than (laughs) watching that because there's literally nothing of substance going on there. It's too old dudes bickering at each other yeah and it's just like a really 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 bad look for our country and um i think something that kind of sums this whole thing up uh is something that spencer cox said in his final statements in the debate um and i actually pulled up that clip right here so i'm gonna play that now this is just from from uh yeah spencer cox's
3: i think this is yeah this is his his uh um, ending comments at the end of the debate. Um, I hope tonight what you've seen is the best of Utah. Uh, this idea that we can have civil discourse, that we can disagree without being disagreeable, because you're about to watch something that is very, very different than that. That's the best of Utah. As your governor, my promise to you is that we will continue to do the best of Utah, to be the best of Utah, and to show the rest of the nation that there are better ways to solve problems and lead the nation out of this crisis and any other that comes our way.
1: So. That's a good sentiment. That was a really
0: good sentiment, and, and
1: really predicted what was to come.
0: Yeah, and I mean, I think, I think, people expected it to be kind of ruckus. Yeah, you know? and but like no one expected it for it to just be com- a complete dumpster fire. But that was yeah, that was really smart of Spencer Cox to be like, you know, we're sitting here having a nice civil discussion about things that are going on in your neighborhood, things that are going on right outside your door. And you're about to watch something with the entire nation that's going to dominate the news cycle for, you know, a whole month. And um, and maybe we could do something better on the ground floor here. And I don't I probably I mean, if I'm if I'm just digging into my own personal political beliefs, I don't know if I'll vote for Spencer Cox. But I'm kind of happy that that guy kind of has a head. He has a head on his shoulders, even if I don't agree with everything that he's, you know he's implementing or has implemented throughout his career. I completely agree with that sentiment. And I don't think you're going to find that kind of agreeability between candidates or between the audience or voters and candidates on the national level.
1: No, I totally agree with you. Speaking so, of agreement, I agree with you.
0: Oh, well it's,
1: it's nice to agree on this things. has been a very civil discourse,
0: right? Yeah. It feels good. I mean, I feel like we're kind of on the same side politically, <laughs> like we're not too different. Um, but are you going to watch the VP debates tomorrow?
1: Maybe. Nah. No, it's no, I'm not. No, Maybe. Nah. I don't know. I feel like it could be a little bit better than. Yeah. But again, like, look, but- here's the thing the two actual presidential candidates one has coronavirus right now and is 75 years old or something the other one is also very ancient maybe i should watch the vp debate (laughs) because that might be a good thing to know about those two i guess yeah a little more a little more about pence and harris yeah i mean i don't yeah i don't think so no i'm probably not going to watch it no
2: yeah
0: and honestly it's like probably not just probably just going to be a lot more of the same and it's going to be
1: hopefully it'll be a bit more organized they seem a bit more in control
0: yeah 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 i feel like they might be i don't think i've ever heard like mike pence talk casually to someone in an interview i feel like he's been giving just a sermon speeches or sermons since he you know came out of the womb um so i guess that'll be interesting but yeah it just it it doesn't seem like it's it's adding anything substantive to any issues that are going on or any adding anything interesting to think about in any of these issues and not doing what it's supposed to do, which is like, we're going to display our own solutions for what's going on in the country right now. And like, you're just not getting any of that. Mm -hmm. But I will say as someone who did watch the governor debate last week, there were like, it had me thinking about things and it really had me thinking about who to vote for or, um, Kind of where, like, I really felt like I knew where each person's head was at when it came to the issues that they were talking about, and that's productive.
1: That's the beautiful thing that you get when people get to talk, yeah, and get to lay out their actual ideas and 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 thoughts. Absolutely, which was not what was the that was not the case on the other one. So yeah, so hopefully uh, the VP debates are a little bit better,
0: but you know, I I probably I think I think we're gonna leave this at that until we get a little bit closer to the. Uh, the state or the yeah, the state elections, like the governor elections, we'll probably come back to this subject a little bit, but I feel like we got all of our politics stuff out. We yeah, can focus on good. We can focus on fun things, Halloween. you know? Yeah, we're going to focus on Halloween for the rest of the month and say, screw politics. And then when we actually get to the elections, we're probably just going to mainly focus on um, the state elections. So that's going to do it for the uh, Holy Hive show today. Uh, make sure you follow us on Instagram and Twitter where we're going to be, uh, that's, primarily where our content feed is going to live uh, for now until we get the site buffed up, and uh, we'll see you next week.
1: Subscribe on YouTube.
0: Oh, yeah, subscribe on YouTube as well. Yeah. Anything else?
1: Happy birthday, Annie.
0: Happy birthday. (laughs) Later.